Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Get ready to find your free will from your roots in the stars. Hello, once again, Sue Rose Minahan, and tonight is November 2nd, 2019, and the show repeats on Thursday morning at 6 to 7 in the morning. However, Seattle is just now at daylight time, and we will be at standard time, so you can go to talkcosmos.com where all the schedules and the guest information and all that good stuff is, and just lead on from there according to wherever you live. And we are in the Scorpio archetype. The sun is in Scorpio. And this program works on many perspectives and aspects relating to the Scorpio archetype of it could be anything. And tonight, it's about impassioned and inspired souls and Day of the Dead. Yesterday was the Day of the Dead. And I just returned from Mexico, the day, actually on Halloween, and they were preparing for the Day of the Dead in all its glory. I was down there for this wonderful retreat with Gemini Brett. You can go to his site, GeminiBrett.com, and find out his retreats. He's a, a guide of the stars and a great shamanic information and wonderful teacher and good soul. And we were located in first Mexico City with another wonderful astrologer, Ursula Stockter, who has, her home is a retreat, really. And she has many, many functions. And in case, I must say that if you're ever looking to have a spot in Mexico City, you would be in good hands. And you can find her at ursulas.com.mx. We traveled over to San Miguel de Allende, and just outside of San Miguel de Allende, which is a little north outside of, of in the northern area of this enormous city, the second largest city in the world, from what I was told, I think by a cabbie, but must be true because it was the f- largest, believe it or not, 20 years ago. Most amazing, like one out of every four lived in this enormous city. So San Miguel de Allende is up north of it. And there we stayed at this wonderful retreat called Los Silos. That's L-O-S-C, not C. I'll say it again. L-O-S-S-I-L-O-S dot com dot mex. Everything is dot mex, M-X. And this area had a talk about transformational time. We had a sweat lodge. There's little little kind of bungalow areas, and there's a yoga area. There's outdoor. Again, if you're looking for any kind of fantastic food and close by and sanctuary with the stars, and I already said yoga, didn't I? That would really be the place to go. The transformational process and the and the impassioned part of Scorpio 
is so significant for this emotional sign that digs for truth to uncover and reveal from their essence in their preparation of rebirthing their soul. In, in a nutshell, impassioned is demonstrating intense emotion. It's a profound feeling and sincerity on, on behalf of the user, as I found in the dictionary. And it did come from suffering. It's from Christ. And like Day of the Dead, which has ancient, ancient roots, which, which we will talk about, has been transposed by the Christian church into All Saints Day. It's a time when the veil is so thin. It's a dead of winter. Well, in many ways, it, it's the dead of night. When everything appears to be not living, yet that is when the roots are growing. And that is when the freeze or the cold forces the seeds to germinate and begin to grow. So it's much that's occurring in preparation for the spring and that new birth. And this is where I will say that in San Miguel de Allende, there were arches of stores just covered in marigolds. And I looked up marigolds. It again comes from the Christian Mary, and has the joyous many attributes to it. However, when you read further, it's also about the sadness, and it is about the, the death, of, of connected to death because of the odor. There's embalming ointments. So there's this tr- huge transformation connected totally with Scorpio, Day of the Dead, the Ancestors, etc. And we'll begin our talk tonight. Catherine Metcalf from East Moline, Illinois, is returning. She was here earlier, I think for June, but I'll double check with her. She's a professional astrologer, a hypnotherapist, an intuitive, a tarot card reader, does consultations, and hosts actually with transits and career is her really great focus, among many things, and hosts herself a monthly meeting and teaches astrology and tarot at Blackhawk College in Molina, Illinois. And she's an author of various magazine articles and has a YouTube video program. So, hi, Catherine. Once again. (laughs) Right. When was Thanks so much for having me on. It's so much fun to be here. It is, it is. And when was that talk so that people can go to Talk Cosmos or Podcast One now that we have all the Oh my gosh, girl. I'm like in my you know, I I turned sixty this year. Ah, Ooh, (laughs) you're gonna get that magical return. That's excellent. I think it was. I think it was sometime in June. Yes, that yeah. rings bells. Okay, because I kept yeah. putting it down, and I thought, oh, my gosh. But <laughs> good enough. That's great. Well, Day of the Dead, or let's start there. It's such an ancient, you know, back to Samhain, right? That's how you say back, it? Back to Samhain. Samhain, yeah. yes. Samhain, yeah. Well, well Day of the Dead... Um, traditionally is, is celebrated like October 31st, 
uh, it's it starts then it goes all day November 1st and November 2nd yes so we're still kind of in it um, but yeah it goes back to the Aztecs um, traditions and I think they probably you know did things differently back then but um, now like it's so cool that you were just there in Mexico and that you got to see you know how they were decorating the streets you know for um, with all the flowers and you know, families will get together. It's it's honestly, I think maybe people that aren't familiar with it, they see all the skulls and which you I know, saw. It might freak them out a little yeah. bit. <laughs> well, down but, down the avenue in Mexico City, there were big, why well, they were from a distance, but they had to be at least five feet high, just painted all over the place. But in San Miguel de Allende, and they'd come from the parade that had been yeah previously. Still in preparation because, as you say, it's several days of really mm-hmm. intense. And yeah, the marigolds were just in baskets and bountiful in every door, not every doorway, but many doorways. And that that is so cool. I know when you told me that you saw the marigolds, I, and that's interesting. The research that you did on it about the um, that it has to do with Mary, but there's some sadness and then some rebirth with that energy of the marigold. Because when I was in India last year, marigolds were strung and you would buy them before you went into any temple. And then you would leave it at the feet of the, you know, whatever deity you were going to see. Well, so whether it was Ganesha or Krishna or whatever. Hmm. So, yeah. So the marigold thing is fascinating. It is. So it, I, it must be a great flower for honoring uh, people. Well, perhaps I can just add that part of it was is that Mary had a purse, and legend says that when the thieves took her purse, this was also part of this little research, that marigolds fell out of it. So they were thinking that it was used as part of uh, coins, but really dye, huh. you know, you can dye things out of it, so it has some value. Oh, yeah. And then besides the embalming, and plus the fact that uh, it, it there's many healing and cleansing tonics, so it has so many purposes. Uh, That's so cool. Amazing. So, but yeah, in the so in the um, Mexican culture, and this goes all over, you know, Central America as well. It's basically a day when they honor their their dead. So their family members that have passed on, you know, they'll get out photos and they'll create altars. And they'll have uh, food and drink and they'll play their favorite music and they celebrate their lives. So it's not a sad thing. Or they go right out to the um, graveyards, you know, and they take a picnic. <laughs> so I, I love that. I think it's a really awesome tradition. And because the veil is so thin, you know, these three days um, between our world and theirs, it's just easier to communicate, you know, with them. Um, and with Samhain, that's actually a Gaelic festival, but it's the end of the harvest season. And so it's the beginning of winter. And it, and we talked about this the other night, Sue. So it is the dark, it's halfway between the autumn equinox and the winter solstice. Yes, all the yeah. fixed signs in astrology have these really meaningful ancient 
celebrations, and a lot of them are concerned with the Celtic. And because the Celtics weren't, I was so interested, they used to be all over Europe before they were, you know, as we know of them now, more in the Ireland and Scotland and Wales. In fact, Mm -hmm. there's, did you, I was also looking up, there's a goddess, the mother goddess called Kalik. And I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. There were so many ways to pronounce it, but I couldn't figure it out. C-A-I-L-L-E-A-C-H. And she was the divine uh, hag's head or the divine, the older woman part of the goddess. But yet the mother of all goddesses, and she, she had this staff, and she or a hammer, and she'd clunk it down on the ground, and it would make it like cold, you know, I mean, hard all the way till spring. But she had seven periods of youth, which is so interesting because you think of it, there were seven. Like, if this is the eighth month, no, that's not true. That I, I was thinking since spring. At any rate, seven periods of youth, and she outlived all the men. They all died, but she had all these grandchildren and children of the tribes and races. So Mm -hmm. that was part, again, of this uh, fertility, yes? I mean, there is a real correlation to life. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And Scorpios are known for, you know... Uh, having strong sex drives yes, <laughs> and, and, you know, the death and rebirth thing, the transformation, and they have huge, intense passions. So whether, you know, and for pe- the people that are listening, if they know a little bit about um, astrology, it doesn't have to be Scorpio, just a Scorpio sun. It could be if your moon is in Scorpio or Pluto is in Scorpio, there's a whole generation. There's um, if there's um, your midheaven or your rising sign is in Scorpio, you know, there's going to definitely be an intense factor to you. Indeed. So, and most of them are highly intuitive as well. It is because the, the search is really like a psychological, I mean, there's so many ways to look at it, but it, it isn't, it wants soul growth. And so therefore it's mm-hmm. going to really intuitive and it's also looked at well they say hidden factors but it's really that occult the changes the the oh i don't want to say mystical but yes but it could be like i think of that as neptune but the reaching of what gives life and we are spirit we are not just flesh and bone <laughs> so although it, right Yeah, I found it really interesting in doing um, some research on um, some people that have, you know, strong Scorpio in their chart. So I have, um, I have a, I'm a Gemini sun, but I have a Scorpio moon. So, and it's interesting because, you know, outwardly your sun is like your face that you show to the world. So people always think I'm this you know, sweet, bubbly, outgoing, effervescent girl, (laughs) which I am outwardly, (laughs) but at home, which is our moon sign, you know, it's our emotional side. It's our more um, intense, our more private side. 
you know, so our, our spouses or our children or the people that we have in our home see our moon signs more. Yes. And so with my moon in Scorpio, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty intense individual. And, you know, one of the things, um, well, the intuition, anybody with moon in Scorpio has got into great intuition. I mean, I think that's just an automatic given, but, um, the other thing about Scorpio moons is that we're very private. So we actually, like, I love having alone time. It's almost like I absolutely need to have that just so that I can kind of recoup my energy. And for my Aries husband, that was a little challenging <laughs> when I would go in my office and close the door. <laughs> but I also, when I was looking at moon in Scorpio, I was curious to see who else had that um, trait and Nostradamus who most people have heard of he lived in the 1500s and he was an amazing um, prophetic you know, prophetic yeah mystical uh, things to come yeah so I think most people have heard of him um, he had moon in Scorpio and then a more modern day mystic is John Holland who is one of my, he's a psychic medium and he speaks to the dead. So, and he's one of my favorite, I've seen a lot of mediums over the years and in person and experienced them. And John is one of my favorites. He's just so right on and honest and um, yeah, he's amazing. I've heard only good things about him. And in fact, I know a woman that is, working with him i think that's from seattle here and so yes he's his yeah of integrity put it this way yes, yes he is yeah of absolutely and that's another part of it it's like if you're going to have soul growth and root thinking about the roots you need to have that in good soil in other words well aligned because otherwise things uh well they they end badly as you know, and that's why it doesn't live long. I'm talking a little mm -hmm. abstractly here, but yes. And you know, yeah. about the private time, that is so necessary. We all have Scorpio somewhere in our house. My Mars happens to be there in ah. the eighth house. So mm -hmm. that gives, I think, some indication of, well, there's various things. My Pluto's out of bounds. You know, there's. <laughs> well, your yeah, your intuitive <laughs> gifts are are there too with Scorpio and your really in your eighth house. I mean, that's a psychic house. Yeah. Oh no, I did not mean to say that. It doesn't rule. It would be, and that's a good comment. No, mine mine doesn't rule it, but my Mars is there. And oh, so, okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So it's like everything. You see a house, but you enter it from different angles, right? So that right. in that case, but I can. Because the point of the private time is that the answers are within, and one needs to have shamanic processing of, of, of symbol of power. I mean, we, if we have soul growth, I, I keep using that emphasis because essentially we have a soul, and, the, and Scorpio is our soul, and it's a connection of our body with spirit and our soul. And if we... To make it alive, we need to have it be fed, you could say, with life. And so from what I was reading, I think it was by Jeffrey Wolf Green, who 
mm-hmm. you know, did evolutionary astrology a lot, and he has a Pluto book, and he was mentioning that with Scorpio, that one embodies, well, I don't know if embodies this. Yes, it can be. It can be embodies, but takes symbols of power and it intimately incorporates them, which sexuality is part of that, you know, a union between two people. Oh, absolutely. So, and it could be of any other power. So it needs that alone time. That's my wrap-up talk. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) I'm on with the moon. (laughs) Lead on, Cassie. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about the power aspect of Scorpio too. I think that um, you know power and the positive. I think positively, Scorpios um, desire power. Um, the challenging side is that they can be, you know, manipulative. Um, like every wherever you have light, you have dark. So right with even Day of the Dead and Samhain and all that with the cycles of you know life. Um, but I actually did some research too on people with Scorpio sons. And, you know, there are some powerful people there, like Hillary Clinton, um, who was born October 26th and 47. So, I mean, she was the first female senator in New York. And she was also the first woman to be nominated for president by a major party in 2016. Yeah, broke. So, I mean, that's a huge accomplishment whether you like her or not. <laughs> yeah, know? a mixed bag yeah. for many people. But yet, I mean, regardless, she broke that ceiling. It's true. It, right, it right. And so she's, I mean, that's a great power, you know, positive power um, thing. I, I think she's a positive power for women. Um, and then the and you know, negative a- side of that power part would be somebody like Charlie Manson, whose birthday was November 12th, 1934. Um, And he was, you know, he was a Scorpio and he was an expert at, you know, controlling and manipulating Magnetic. Oh, oh my God. He had intense magnetic attraction to, you know, females and um, got those, you know, people to, basically do his bidding and you know nine people were murdered <laughs> from yeah. his cult you know or his cult killed nine people yeah i think i read that the judge would not something about he, they would not let a jury talk with not they wouldn't let Char, charles manson talk to the jury because of his manipulative powers and yeah there is I think people are giving, and so they want to listen. And somehow, as he said, he knew enough of people's psychology because it is a very introspective sign. You know, psychologists galore have this archetype within them strongly in order mm-hmm. to you know, figure out their emotions, in order to build their emotions. I mean, most people find the, well, I will say, from a positive standpoint, people find the root and purge the old and, and realign themselves to the better. But there are people that know the weaknesses and play on it totally in order to empower themselves. And there you right. go. He was Yeah, one. exactly. Well, that's a good list so far. I know you have quite a few others, too. And, you know, this brings up again the dual. Well, I call it duality, but the shadow and the strength, 
because passion itself, it came from the suffering. You look at the marigold, this, this used in the various cultures of, of many joyous things connected with Mary and joy and, or, mm-hmm. and then again, the sadness and the, and the, and the torture of it. So a, a, yeah. pa- a passioned life, I'll just comment here a, a note that I had because it was a, a big, long, uh, oh, it's called passionate, anyway, it, it, yourimpassionedlife.com. And it was trying to get people to feel impassioned because of the joy and confidence, it says, and sense of freedom and passion. Because essentially, and this will lead on to our other people that you've brought up, is that it was saying that if, which goes along with the psychology, too, of why Scorpio is such a devoutly determined, um, leave no stone unturned, you know, to get down to... Right, they're always digging to the truth. Yes. Always, 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 yeah. you know. And they're, they're those people who, when you say, I love you, they're going to go, why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you mean it? You or, know. Yeah, like, what is that? What, what's the connection there? Yeah, what's involved with that? <laughs> but on the good part is, if, if it's true and aligned, they're, they are loyal and, you know, with oh, life, yeah. yeah, the commitment is pure. Because it says it's here, passionate people can change the world. Mm. So it's really a matter of raising the vibration, you know, which that's easy. Well, it is. It's like going through the channels. You have to go through the fire, really, sometimes. Right. In order. Yeah. Oops. You well, know what? Catherine will be right back because then we can go on with your folks. But this okay. is Talk Cosmos, November 2nd, 2019, returning on the 7th in the morning. And I'm speaking with Catherine Metcalf about Scorpio and its impassioned life. We'll be right back. take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the yin period of Scorpio, traditionally ruled by Mars, now ruled by Pluto. By departing a cycle based on comparison between extreme energies finding balance, Scorpio commits a relationship to exchange resources, experiencing power and powerlessness for the purpose of soul growth transformation. As a fixed water sign that is extreme, intense, and secretively deep, Scorpio's passionate nature questions the psychology and mystery concerning life and death. Hi, this is Liz Machette, astrologer, tarot, Reiki master teacher, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk 1150 AM, where we discuss the meaningfulness of our roots in the stars. Wherever you go, Alternative Talk 1150 is here for you. Hi again, Catherine. It's Catherine Metcalf here on Talk Cosmos, November 7th, and it's in the Scorpio. We're talking about Day of the Dead and Impassioned Souls. And just to remind you, you can, if you missed part of this, you can go to Podcast One or go to Talk Cosmos and get the link there and find out about Catherine, too. 
So you have quite a research here of other intense souls. I'd love to hear. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So having a Scorpio moon, I like to do research. <laughs> and, you know, and as Gemini's, my son is in Gemini. So we're just curious about everything. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. So, um, so I looked up, uh, you know, famous people with Scorpio birthdays and, and then Scorpio moons and Scorpio midheavens and that kind of thing. So um, what I found interesting with a couple of um, famous Scorpio women, like Julia Roberts, birthday is October 28th, 1967. And, you know, when I first saw her name, I thought, well, I don't know that I would consider her like, you know, really intense and transformational. You know, maybe she is. I don't obviously know her personally, but I I loved the movie that she did, Erin Brockovich. You know, she made that back in 2000. I can't believe it. Rather legendary. Years. Oh my so, but, but that was a true story about contaminated water in a community. It was a real story, you know, about this woman who was a whistleblower and she stood up and she made everybody aware of it. And, um, and I thought that was interesting because Scorpios will stand up and fight for what they believe in. And it's also a water sign. Which it, Thank you. And Catherine, I have to say to the audience here, because I am such an evolutionary astrologer, but I am recognizing and I do work with traditional ideas. I'm not just one focus. And Mars, when you say fight for the cause, you know, of course, I don't know her whole chart, but Mars was a traditional ruler. And that's what Mars does. It doesn't just make arguments. It fights for a cause. It defends. And water, absolutely. Anything that's uh, well, toxics are, you know, between, I think, Pisces and Scorpio, but yes. Yeah. It's dirty. And then she was also, um, so this goes back into the power aspect of Scorpio. She was also the very first female actress to be paid $20 million for one movie. Oh my. So that was another, you know, break in the glass ceiling moment and that's resources other people's resources very scorpion i mean that's what you know we're connected and we you know how do people make money they make it through selling or negotiating something some kind of resource so that's that's uh significant yeah yeah that is a big part of scorpio so and then um katie perry um whose birthday is October 25th, 1984. She is, you know, a singer. Um, She was the first female artist to have five number one songs on one album. And the only other person who had done that prior to her was Michael Jackson. That's huge. Huge. Yeah. So there's another, you know, woman breaking the glass ceiling (laughs) kind of thing. And what was really interesting about her was that she actually came from an evangelical family. They were, they were born again Christians and they actually traveled around and did shows. And um, her very first album was a gospel album. And then however many years, so that was in 2001. And then in 2008, so here's the transformation part. She went from this nice religious, you know, little girl to breaking out, you know, in 
became totally famous for the song, I Kissed a Girl and I Liked It. That's revolutionary, too. And that makes, I was just dividing the the years. I wonder if that was an Iranis, you know, something to do with Iranis. But Oh, yeah. It's, you know, yeah, seven-year movement. I bet it was. But I am so impressed so far. The number one, Hillary for presidency and, and leadership. Mm-hmm as far as a woman goes, and Julia Roberts, the first being paid that sum of money, which is enormous, $20 million. and right. then Right. And then working with a, such a legendary story as Aaron Brockovich. Yeah. For the... Yeah. Yeah, they, those girls paid. did Scorpio proud. Wow. I'm like, <laughs> what a league. Yeah. That's, yeah. And then Katie, that's really quite... Talk about enormous transformation you know they talk about transformation sometimes we we live in such a quick age i wonder if people sometimes think it's like taking a remote and clicking a button or taking the frozen food out not that i believe in frozen food but or let's Uh say whatever it is and defrosting it but no it's like structurally the whole thing changes like the butterfly from the cocoon it's not the same critter and and that's just sort of a so right here, right. she really changed. She be, emerged, emerged as to her empowerment of her voice, her her song. Yeah, and what she even what she sang about. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. yeah, having the gay movement of life, which actually corresponds with what what was her birthday? Oh, nineteen eighty four. So she's a Pluto in Leo. I mean, Pluto in Libra too, isn't she? Redefining oh, well, relationships. Yeah, Pluto that would again. make sense. Yeah. 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 So, and then um, some other research that I found. Now, so this is the October 25th birthday, again, but on the male part. And this is, instead of Katy Perry, we've got Pablo Picasso. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, and he was born in 1881, but he is absolutely one of the most influential artists of the 20th century so um and he lived a very interesting life and anybody that knows his art um you know he went through multiple periods and different styles of uh painting i mean he's basically started out classically trained and then got into the cubism thing and then you know, when we, when you and I were talking the other day, you used this comment that you were like, he ripped apart and recreated art. And I thought, yeah, that's exactly what he did. <laughs> oh, thank you for remembering that because I thought, boy, that, that works. Yeah. Rhymes. yeah he, I'm really glad that you did look him up because as we were commenting about people, he is so prolific. He did thousands of painting and I love art my grandfather was an artist speaking of ancestors and I used to commune with him all the time as a kid and in pretty visual if I can see it in my mind I can remember it that's why I have trouble with names because I can't spell it I have no idea how Uh it's spelled so I can't say it but he he would shift his whole uh style is one way to put it kind of like the the Beatles you know listening to the Beatles growing up too where oh yeah people would get so attached people were familiar with there were 
like stage people. You're supposed to be a certain character, and that's what you're supposed to be. But no, these people are like, I'm going to be me, kind of like Frank Sinatra mm-hmm. singing his song. Yeah, but, then Mick Jagger came to town, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, but but Jagger really, they keep, they're so much themselves, but their music doesn't shift like Lennon's, John Lennon's right. I mean, you go from Abbey Road to the, to the, I saw her standing there. I mean, that's a huge change. And then the yell, the walrus and yellow submarine and then other stuff. And then, back, so same thing with Pablo, Picasso. He, nothing was sacred. He, like I said, thank you for reminding that, ripped it apart. I, yeah. what a vision. And he was born a Catholic and then he became an atheist. And so there's that, you know, transition, you know, um, whether it's psychological, religious, holistic, whatever, there was a transition there. And then he also became a communist, um, which was different than what he was initially in 1944. So, and then he lived up to the sex part as well. He was married um, twice and then he fathered several children not necessarily, you know, with his wives <laughs> True, <laughs> and um, had multiple affairs. And then his last affair, I think that I read about was he was 63 years old. He was married and he had uh, an affair with a 23 year old woman. It does seem that there were quite a few people then that had quite an age gap. Of course, there's so many ways to look at things. And and I'm also thinking of the communists. You know, back in 1944, it was such a theory. I mean, theory and practice. They hadn't gotten to the practice part yet. They were still in this huge ideology of theory about for the people. And it seemed on paper pretty good. And then things didn't quite work out that way. But I'm thinking of Charlie Chaplin, too. You know, he was a huge age spread. So it's hard to know when it comes to different cultures too you know ancient cultures i mean it, it's like trying to suspend any kind of judgment is what i'm doing because mm-hmm. there's along with it it certain cultures are accustomed to being cared for and then out of respect and blah 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 and then maybe who knows other reasons but well and i and i think in europe too el- just being elderly it's totally looked at and treated completely differently than it is here, you know? And that gets and, back, mm, go ahead. Oh, and I was just going to say, and I think, you know, men having or women having affairs in Europe was way more open and, you know, it wasn't odd, like in France, you know, to be married and have a mistress. So, which says, yeah. yes, a lot about a lot of things, but it, exactly culture and we're changing it all the time. But Let's see, what did you say, though, that I wanted to get back to about, oh, gosh darn. Okay, never mind. Lead on. We'll get back to it. (laughs) Okay. So um, another interesting one that I found was November 11th, 1974, Leo DiCaprio, you know, who was an an American actor and producer, and he's also a very active environmentalist. Um, he has actually made $7.2 billion, billion so far in films. Um, and he's very well known in that industry for taking risks and playing really complex characters. 
uh, where he actually becomes the character. Total transformation, deep psychological commitment. Yet he he really makes a, a character live like the Titanic. Like that was the yes, first one I and, saw, and he's just yeah. like in, in blazoned in my memory. You know what us? Well, if you're romantic at all, it'd be like yeah. <laughs> Oh, yes. Yes, every woman loved that movie, I yeah, think. Yeah, <laughs> it wouldn't have to be him, but someone, you know, it's like, and it's so great. It's just to love, love. Yeah. Yes. He, but the risk part, that it, and complicated, like you say. And then you were mentioning, too, he defended the pipeline. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, the he actually um, went out and physically protested at the Dakota Pipeline. And um, he's spent, he's made documentaries about the environment. Um, and he seems he was on the World Wildlife Fund board. Um, so, I mean, he's very active environmentally. And a lot Committed. of the stuff that he does is water oriented. Yeah, that's, he walks his talk. Yeah. You know, the, the, the saying, you walk your talk. Yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And there was another film, and I can't remember the name of it, that he did where um, he changed. He he was like a airline pilot, and then he was a doctor, and he was, and it was based on a true story of a guy who just would decide that he was going to be a doctor one day, and he would walk into a hospital, put some scrubs on, oh and operate gosh. on people. Oh my gosh! I think I read about that. Somewhere Catch me else. if you can. I think that's what it was. Oh dear. Catch me if you can. Well, I think I saw him in one where it was related to drugs, but he was so convincing in all of it. He really commands his, the depth, the depth. That's another thing. There is nothing superficial about true embodied Scorpio, which is the glory of it. And again, I want to mention to people, we have every sign somewhere in our chart. There is an area actually rules my third house so i guess i do talk a little bit <laughs> committed right <laughs> yeah let's and get... you like to talk about getting to the truth right yeah i do i love it yes let's get down <laughs> yes and i and I, it rules my second house so you know my values and um how i can earn income right oh yes through others which reminds me here we've been talking about other people but you are an intuitive and you have a, a good solid active career of working with people so yes. I don't know if something comes to mind about well I'll start off with myself here for a moment and that was on the first I had just come back from Mexico on Halloween and so that morning I was reorienting in my house and for some reason I and it's not a large little place but it's good location so size is compact and used well and I have a glass case that I managed to get thrifting I think and with all our memoirs and important things in it largely from my father some of them because I cared for him and long story short so the point is without thinking I went over there and I was pondering some of these items and I noticed something memorabilia that he'd picked up from Mexico that I'd seen at the archaeological museum and I was pondering my father and that and it dawned on me this is day of the dead 
What a great <laughs> connection, you know, to fi- just be drawn to all of that. Yeah. So f- that's that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, as a um, kid, I mean, I've I've been able to communicate um, and hear. I'm clear audience, so I hear things. So and and I can smell things. I don't know why, but I can, you know. Sometimes when people visit, it's like if they were a smoker, I can smell the smoke. Or, you know, if they were known for wearing, you know, a specific type of perfume, I would smell that. Um, But ever since I was a little girl, my mom died when I was three. And um, so, and my aunt was kind enough to take me into her home and raise me. And then my two sisters were raised by my uncle. Um, But I can remember distinctly being a little girl and, and smelling when I was sad, smelling flowers and I would look around the house and I could never see them. And now I'm like, what, why am I smelling flowers? And it wasn't until years later um, that I actually found out from my sisters that my mother used to wear like this eau de toilette lilac. Oh, boy. You know? oh, I can scent. smell that right now. That was a very old and very special. I, I, somehow, yes, I love to smell things. That's yeah. Very yeah. light so and just that's beautiful. what I would smell as a kid when I was sad. And I'm sure it was my mother, you know, coming around me, spirit, mm. you know, her spirit, her soul, whatever, coming around to comfort me. And, um, and then I, you know, would hear her you know, say my name as well. And so, um, you know, I, and I've had multiple, um, you know, psychics tell me, oh, you know, your mother stuck around her, her spirit, you know, I mean, our, our souls never die. So they're always around, but, you know, sometimes in different bodies and different forms, whatever. And, you know, one of the psychics that I had gone to when I was younger said, oh my gosh, your mother stuck around for so many years because you were a troublemaker. <laughs> so she was always worried about you, you know? <laughs> so, and I thought, Oh God, I better be good. So she can get on her way and move oh. into her next life. <laughs> oh, you must have a great connection. That's so beautiful. Yes. So, but I set up an altar, um, for day of the dead too. And so, you know, I have one of my favorite pictures is of my mom. Um, she was built like Aunt Jemima, you know, and she would wear these big scarves on her head and just soft, squishy woman, you know. And um, there's a picture of her with my two sisters uh, before I was around, and um, they're holding a puppy, you know, and just loving up on the puppy. And so I put that picture there on my altar with. Um, my dad that raised me, who was really my uncle and my two sisters are both have both passed away. Um, so I have, you know, I had the tribe there. I had my grandmothers and my grandfathers there and, you know, the ancestors and friends and, you know, people that I have loved and lost. And, and it was just a beautiful day. And, um, and you don't have to, it doesn't have to be now, you know, during the day of the dead, you can do it any time, but I absolutely loved taking the time setting up the altar. Like I have an altar all the time, but I put it 
I took everything off and made one for Day of the Dead, just with the photos of the relatives. And, and I put, uh, I didn't have lilacs or marigolds. So, but I just had, you know, some little leaves from outside, you know, that I put on the, um, put on the altar with, you know, a candle and some incense and I put chocolate kisses on there because <laughs> I wanted everybody to know I'm sending them kisses and, you know, That's wonderful. and I put each person that I looked at, I took time looking at each person's photo and I picked like some of their favorite music and I played that. Oh, music. So, yeah. And so the That's dogs cool. and I like danced. Oh, I love it. <laughs> You know, when my father died, that uh, we, one time, oh, we danced this Norwegian song. He came from Norway as a little boy. And so there was some record there. And, and that was one of my most uh, endearing, supportive memories after he Aww. died. Because we, my husband and I, along with one of my sisters, for, she, for the first year she helped. And then it was my husband and I for the next two and a half years. So it was a, quite a long stay. But, oh, and I could, you know, really the feeling of the ancestors that they can support and the respect. We traveled across Mexico back, oh, 20 years ago and uh, between cities. I think it was Puerto Vallarta to San Miguel de Ende, actually. Mm. And it was on November 1st. And there was a cemetery a small cemetery but as we passed by it was so impressive the all, every stone was white and mm -hmm. every person was crowded was wearing white I, yes you know never thought of that and there's one other thing I'll, I'll mention this briefly but today in Seattle in the newspaper the Snoqualmie tribe is purchasing a Salish lodge and Salish is you know, one of the, the tribes here. But what struck me was this whole Day of the Dead idea because this fellow, Michael Ross, he remembers visiting Snoqualmie Falls, a huge, great, big, beautiful falls just north out of Seattle, not very far, 20 minutes or maybe in 45 minutes. And with his great-grandmother, it says, in the mid-1990s, he was five, and she was at least 100, and mm -hmm. Ollie Moses. So she had spent most of her life there, and uh, she was so upset with how people would throw trash. Well, anyway, now they've purchased this. It's been a long battle with another because they don't. They want to keep it sacred, and it says they called the purchase the start of a healing process. Aww. Yeah, of decades of desperation. So, uh, let me. Think. That's a good sign. That gives me hope. Yes. <laughs> Yes. So yeah. like you say, the, the, the ways that the altar, and I love the idea that it, it can be a continual practice visiting and making those memories. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, bring, just bringing that Scorpio energy into it, it's, it's transformation. You know, I think that, um, the United States, our, our Christian culture, whatever here is so, um, you know, we, we bury them and we cry and, you know, we move on. And, and I, I don't know, for me personally, I actually love the idea of celebrating them and, you know, talking about them and remembering stories about them and, 
you know, dancing to Hello, Dolly. Okay. Oh, that, that brings the marigold joy of life part. Thank you. The passion. Yes. I'll, yeah. I'll, yes. I'll mention right now that next week on the 9th, there'll be Dr. Judy Safar. And we're going to be, she's from Massachusetts. And she's been on once last year for Sagittarius. So there's a, a archive for people to look at if they want on Talk Cosmos at Podcast One, you can see it, or else just go there to my uh, website and you can find out about Judy. And you can find out about Catherine Metcalf, who's been on with me tonight from Illinois. And <laughs> yeah, so you have active Thank you. parts and your video uh, monthly event too. We'll be talking about the new moon. No, the full moon. Pardon me. We already had the new moon. Yes, yeah, so we have a few minutes here, Catherine. And I was thinking, you know, the chart. I looked at, I don't know if you have it there, but you, Mars is squaring the nodes. But Mars is also, the. here we have the two rulers. We we're talking about purging and getting mm-hmm. to the root of things. And here we have these two rulers or guides, however you want to speak. They used to be called rulers. Now we call them guides, influential planets. The traditional was Mars, and since 1930, it's now Pluto that is ruling Scorpio. But their intention with each other, and it it seems to me looking at the whole thing, and, of course, though Mars is in... Yeah, but Mars is in, in... the relationship sign of Libra. So, yeah. you know, it's as though all of, and then, of course, we know that Pluto is with the March with our lunar south node and Saturn all in Capricorn. Yes, Capricorn until January mm-hmm. for those astrologers that, I mean, they know it, but for the non-astrologers, that's what's happening. So we'll just yeah. talk this lingo. But it's as though they're, we're really wanting deep resolution, fighting really for resolution and, and fundamental values of truth. You know, yeah. Well, and, I mean, that's showing up in Washington, DC. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a big battle for truth there, you know, and, and it's our... affecting all of us, you know, I mean, it's actually affecting people worldwide too, with they're all wondering how we're going to come out of this situation. So we're yeah. so connected. It we really are. It's and this is true. It's um it does. It it's it's not to be Yeah, like, I mean I don't I went, think it's an accident that it's happening in the Scorpio, you know, Scorpio sun energy either. So mm-hmm. like let the truth let let the light be revealed. Out of darkness there's always light. There is that right. energy. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I was the first to think of it. But there's crystals down there, too. Well, Catherine, it's been wonderful. You're always such a treasure. And oh, thank you. Yeah. And we thank our wonderful audience. And we'll be back again. This is Talk Cosmos, November 2nd, with Sue Rose Minahan and Catherine Metcalf, Illinois. Check us out on Talk Cosmos and just have a great week. <laughs> Thanks so much.
Thank you for listening to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 6 p.m. to continue finding your roots in the stars.